0: Life is going to throw you a bunch of things, but you're just going to have to learn how to duck and cover and take care of business and prioritize the things that you need to and just focus.
1: Welcome back to the Career Therapy Podcast, where we explore the hidden side of modern work. My name is Martin McGovern, founder and lead coach of Career Therapy, and I'm excited to introduce our guest today. In this episode, I want to welcome Tina Tran, to the podcast. Tina is a director of business development at Microsoft, a former Facebooker, a board director and startup advisor, a presidential leadership scholar, public speaker, and even a career coach. In our conversation, we talk about building confidence in the job search, finding belonging in your career, and Tina shares a fascinating story about how she met former presidents Clinton and Bush, and how she ended up being featured in George W. Bush's new book, out-of-many-one portraits of America's immigrants. Her journey is a truly amazing one and there is so much we can learn from her optimistic, driven approach to building her career. So if you like this episode, I hope you'll check out Tina's work on LinkedIn and Instagram, subscribe to our show here and leave a review, and share this conversation with a friend or colleague close to you. So without further, further ado, here is my conversation with Tina. Thanks so much for joining me today. It's just super fun and, and just interesting to talk with you about your career because it has been such an interesting career. Uh, so I'd love to just maybe you know lay the groundwork for us. How did, how did your career begin and uh, what are you up to today?
0: My career began when I uh, was a senior at UCLA, I decided I wanted to do management consulting. And I frankly didn't know what a management consultant was but it was what everybody was doing and was the, the kind of most interesting job it seemed out there. Um, And because I didn't really have a network in in college other than my friends who didn't have any idea what they wanted to do either, (laughs) I really kind of leaned on visiting the Career Center. And I saw that there was an event, uh, Management Consulting Night. I um, came across that and I attended and I got a sense for what it is they do. And I took the card of the, it was a panel and I took the card of the person that I thought was most engaging and interesting. I didn't follow up with him then because there were so many people, you know, rushing him at the stage because other people thought the same. But, you know, I reached out to him afterwards. Um, I you know, ended up actually interviewing with his company and did very badly on the interview and absolutely knew I blew it. And I you know, reached out to them for really sincere feedback because I basically said, you know, at some point I'd love to have a job, even if I totally understand that it might not be with you. And um, the people I interviewed with, two two guys, just wouldn't wouldn't play ball like they're just completely uninterested in helping somebody that's like starting their career with some feedback. So I just reached out to him and said, Hey, do you think um, you could like ask them to give me feedback? I don't really want uh, you all to give me an offer. I just want sincere um, thoughts on how I could do better. Uh, And he reached out to them. They said, no, you know, we're not interested in talking to her. So he felt so bad that he got back to me and he said, you know, what? I feel really bad about this. Doesn't reflect well on us. Let me take you to lunch. Um, And I think, from what I understand, DCLA was his alma mater, so there was a connection there for him, and that's probably why he was there that night, and he kind of became my unofficial mentor, he told me exactly what it is management consultants look for, what I should convey, and then it helped me to kind of like really retool my story, um, my resume, and it, you know, I had to take a bunch of other steps outside of what I did with him, I had to do a lot of cold calling, cold emailing, and get in front of people, even when they didn't think I should get in front of them. I mean, I'm first generation. I might not even be first generation. I came to the US when I was four. So I think you have to be born here to be first generation. So I went, we didn't have money. So in the summers, like I would just work at jobs where I got paid, not like have internships that were hooked up, you know? So I didn't really have the resume that they were looking for. But I had good grades, cause that's what I could control. And um, uh, I was cold calling companies in New York to, I wanted to work in New York and like, being in LA, it's really hard to get to New York. And this one woman said, you know, we can't interview you but we'll let our LA office interview you. And if you pass them, well, you can come out. And this is the beginning of my career and that like this happened where I showed up to go to, uh, to look at the job board to see if, when my interview was and I wasn't on the list. And I called her back and I said, I'm not on the list. And she said, oh, it's a mistake, let me fix that. I showed up at the interview and the guy said, I took your resume out of the list and I'm really annoyed that you're sitting in front of me. I've been doing this a long time. I didn't realize that was what had happened. And so I said, well, you know, we're here. I didn't realize that's what happened. Um, Let's make the best of it. And at the end of the interview, it was his last of the day because I don't think he wanted to speak to me. He said, you know, you're the most interesting person I've interviewed today. I'm gonna send you on to New York. And because of him, I only got one offer. I took that offer and I got my start in New York. I was the first person the New York office had ever hired west of the Mississippi because they had their pick of Ivy League kids. And so to me, like, perseverance, being resourceful. It wasn't just one person that helped me. It wasn't just John Anthony from Ernst Young that helped me, but it was the this woman that answered my call from Cooper's and library It was the guy that decided, yes, you'd give me a chance, even though he didn't really <laughs> want to be in front of me. And it's just about putting your best foot forward and somehow like getting people on your side or being compelling enough to get them to want to talk to you and help you. Because I didn't know any of these people, right? Um, so I, I, you know, it's, it's a whole bunch of things together that makes... Sh- your luck and allows you to be successful. And from there, I really felt like um, I could almost do anything because it worked for me where I worked really hard and tried all these different avenues to, to get to a place. And I kept doing that throughout my career. So I, my career is kind of made up of um, exceptions because people are like, normally we don't do this, but okay, <laughs> we'll,
1: what did we'll for you. What do you think it was that had made him pull you out of that list? Was it the Ivy League bias? What, what do you think it was going through that person's mind?
0: I didn't have the right um, background in terms of the jobs, the summer jobs I had. I think he was looking for somebody that already interned at one of the other consulting firms or at a you know big fortune 500 company. And so it's hard to know what you're supposed to do if you're an immigrant and your parents haven't worked in the US before, right? And had to start all over again and it's not like it's hard to find mentors when you're in in high school right because it's like you just have one another, and you have your teachers who might who might know what it's like to be a teacher, but maybe not a management consultant right other things. So um, it's just being resourceful, and you know surrounding yourself with the right people I had a very close friend, then, who told me I could do whatever it was I put my mind to. And he was incredibly smart and I saw that it worked for him. And he basically was like, you need to work really hard. You need to get good grades so that you'll pass kind of the minimum bar for submitting your resume. And um, he just kind of put the fire in me. So I'd say, you know, surround yourself with people that put the fire in you and believe in you.
1: And that piece that you mentioned earlier uh, around the grades, right? You're like, I don't have necessarily the background they're looking for, but I still have control. I can control my grades. Right. And I think that that's one of the things that folks struggle with in the job search, especially with this question of experience or background and things Mm. like that. I work with folks who don't have college degree or degrees. I work with folks who, you know, have very unique backgrounds. Um, And, they get into the job search and it's so overwhelming because every single post says you have to have this many years experience and this kind of education and this kind of background. And the recruiters say, if you don't go to an Ivy league, or if you don't have a big name company, we're not even going to look at you. And like the list goes on and on. And I know you and I have chatted offline about like, you know, creating yourself in a way it's like there's two topics i really want to dig into with you today the first part is creating yourself and like uh the phrase that we used was um i think it was make it or don't fake it make it um and then the other side is like how does that fit in with community how does that fit in with belonging and i think that those two things playing together it's the individual and working on yourself individually but also the community and working on where, where are you, what community you're in. And so I'm curious, as you were looking at that sense of control, here's what I have control over. Um, How has that changed throughout your career? I mean, grades, obviously, when you were younger, but what other things throughout your career have you sort of noticed, like, well, I maybe don't have everything, but I can at least control these aspects?
0: You can, everybody has different skill sets. So I think if some, if you read a Uh, a rec and it says, we want all of these things. It's really important for you to think about when they say that, what is it they're trying to convey that they want you to be able to show? So maybe you haven't worked in management consulting but or banking, which is for some reason, a lot of people love. Um, What are the skills that those people have that you can convey that you've done? Um, So I would say, for example, how do you I, a lot of people say oh, I don't have any int- I don't have any experience in this area of, of say, video games, for example, and, and all these other people do. Um, what is it that you bring that's unique that the people that might have video games background don't that they hadn't they wouldn't think about so it's not about having people that all look the same it's actually about diversity of um, talent and expertise that makes a team strong. Cause otherwise it's like, if I already have one strong person in finance, I don't need another. I frankly need somebody in marketing that's strong and social media that's strong and strategy. And so it's really kind of identifying um, not what you don't have, but having confidence in what you do have and why that would help the company more than having the experience that everybody else has. Right? So identify what is it about me that's unique. Um, And frankly, you're gonna have to work twice as hard as everybody else. And you're just gonna have to be okay with that. And to really get the point across. And it's not just about telling people, it's about showing them. So, you know, on your resume, make sure you're not just saying, I did this function. Great, you did the function. How do we know you did it well? <laughs> like, That's what I always think when I look at a resume, like, awesome, so I don't, how do I know you succeeded? Talk about what you did and how it impacted the company, how it impacted the customers, um, what the significance was of your role, what you did to change things up, uh, what your results were. That speaks for itself. Right, not just and, and frankly putting something down that you did doesn't say that much other than that you did it you have no sense of whether you were mediocre or good at it uh, so I, i'd say um those things are really important when you feel when you feel like you might be lacking something reposition that to yourself to think about um what is it i do have that these these people might not know that they needed, and do a little research on the company to you know, maybe call something out about the company that they've either put in the press recently or has been, you know, a hot topic recently and talk about how your experience um, is something that would be completely relevant to that. You make people know that this is about not you wanting a job, but you wanting to work there. So it's really about going that extra mile, right? I'll give one example. I was applying for a job in Europe. It was my lifelong dream to work and live in Europe. You know, like this refugee comes to the U.S., is able to thrive. And it's like, well, what can I do next? That would be like the most amazing thing that I, I just couldn't even imagine. And I didn't, have ever, I didn't have any international experience. I didn't have any contacts abroad. Um, so I just started looking at the job sites uh, as you do. And I started applying to all these jobs where I had one thing, one thing that was, you know of the 10 bullet points. And I, to myself, my, my mantra was like it's not my job to weed myself out. That's somebody else's job. But what I did do was put a very tailored resume together for each uh, position. I would look at the rack and I would make sure that my resume would address some of the things that they wanted to. They wanted within the first couple of bullets so they could see it's a match. Um, and then I wrote a very tailored cover letter that basically talked about something the company did recently and how my experience was relevant. And I finally one day got an email back from this recruiter who said, well, you're not appropriate for, you're not a good fit for this position that you apply for. But I have this other position that you'd be really, you, you seem like you'd be great for. And because of him, that he was just a, you know the first step, um, I had a chance at this job that wasn't out there that I didn't know existed. And um, I found somebody that in my network that worked at the company. Um, my boss had worked with somebody that worked at that company. And I said, hey, would you introduce me to this, this person? He said, yes, I met the guy for breakfast and he told me all about the company and what he'd been doing there for many years. And so he gave me the inside edge, all of a sudden a company I didn't even know about really, um, I having. You know, I was getting the inside edge. So once I went and interviewed with the company, they sent me to Germany to interview with them. I was able to do much better in my interviews because I had this context, this like insider information. Um, and I, you know, it was weird, I, I hadn't met this person before other than the, the intro and, um, he said to me at, at some point, when I, once I got the offer, well, you know, I still have a house in Germany that's really close to the office and we're living here in, in the Valley. Would you like to live in our house and take care of it for us? That's amazing. <laughs> so I got to live in his house, take care of his house room because he trusted me and work at this company that he, you know, so it's, it, again, it's not about one thing we do because the one thing I did was like reach out and be very thoughtful about the, the p- application process and not weed myself out. But then I reached out to my community and, and their community to, to see who, who could help me, and you know I think once people understand like who you are, why they should invest in you, you know your, your main community, then they're more willing to help you connect with other people. Um, but I use this example similar to the last example because I want people to to see that it's not about one thing you do, but it's about like the whole spectrum of things that you do to reach out um, to strangers to to people in your network. Uh, to establish really good relationships so that people really want to invest in you and help you because people's time you know everybody has very limited time there has to be something unique about you that comes across that will help you connect with people and that will help
1: um your career immensely and that's the thing that people struggle with right the um i actually i'm doing an alumni panel this weekend and Uh, for one of my clients and all the questions, we we always, you know, reach out to students and we say, what questions do you have for the alumni? And all the questions are centered around what is the one thing I need to do to get this job? What, Who's the one person you talk to? Or what's the one thing that worked best? Or what's the, like, what's that thing that got you good at networking? And I I read through these questions and I'm always just like, none of it, like there is no (laughs) one thing. It's like, doing dozens and dozens and dozens mm-hmm. of things over time leads to mm-hmm. good outcomes, right? Like yes. you, if someone could say, Martin, you know, how do you get clients for your business? Uh, I, The podcast, I guess, but also social media, but also reaching out to me, but also the networking I've done for 12 years, 15 years. Like it's it's every single thing all put together that leads to where we're trying to get. And I like what you're saying here, right? It's It also plays into this mindset that people have, which is I just want to do my job and go home. And I can understand that mindset, like, you know, rationally understand it. And I've even felt that way myself on certain days. right? (laughs) But at a certain point, um, you know, I'll just ask someone, I'll say, what value does your role bring to a company? And no one's able to articulate it. Like, what is the value that you bring to a company? And I love how you're phrasing this because you're like, you really have to you know, show how your work fits within a team. You can't just say, I do development work and I just don't want to, anyone to bother me. I just want to be heads down doing development work. If you don't understand how that improves the website or how that gets more clients or whatever the thing might be. And so I'm, I'm curious, as you've been going through your career, what are the things that businesses care about? Because you're in such a unique you know, management kind of a role. What is it that, companies care about obviously revenue is the biggest one but i'm curious if you have like maybe a more specific or more articulate way of phrasing that for folks so they can start thinking more contextually about how their work fits in
0: sure i think um, the last two companies i've been at microsoft and and facebook really care about impact and i kind of alluded to that when i talked about when you are writing up your resume don't just write what you did but write about why it mattered and so if for you, I think, to do well in um, the professional world, it's really important to be aware of like, what efforts am, am I working on? What impact is that to the company? And if you feel like the stuff that you're working on is low impact to the company, that's not great. And maybe that's an opportunity for you to talk to your manager and say, here are the things I'm working on. I really want to have more impact. Are there? I, you know I see an opportunity in this area and that area. So identify opportunities to have more of an impact, um, suggest, see if people are open to having you work on those areas, um, suggest ideas where your company and the role that you have, where you could have more impact and make sure it aligns with what, um, the company vision and the company goals are, right? Like a lot of day, a lot of folks these days have OKRs, um, objectives and key results where people are really saying these are the things we're trying to achieve. So make sure you understand how, what you're doing maps back to what your company cares about and that you're able to measure that impact something i ask people all the time when i work with them and internal as well as external is like how are you measured how is success measured for you it's so helpful to understand how people are measured so that you you then can really understand how you can help them and then if you understand how you can help them and they understand that you care then all of a sudden it's a little bit more of a meaningful relationship because you've kind of changed the conversation to um, what can I do to help you? I'm trying to understand your goals better. People love that.
1: Absolutely. And I think it's you know it really does bring this idea of mindset to the forefront, right? Um I think a lot of times we can get really frustrated and really down during the job search, which is tough because we're trying to also portray a very positive, side of ourselves, right? We, we really want to bring that energy, right? And, you know, in our conversations uh, before this podcast and on this podcast, I, I can tell you're an energetic, you know, optimistic person, but everyone has tough times in their careers, right? And so I'm curious, how have you balanced the, um, you know, what what are maybe some times that you've struggled in your career and, you know, had to find that sort of, had to push yourself a little harder to find that energy and bring that best self?
0: Absolutely. So, some I've been at a lot of startups before I was at Facebook and Microsoft. I was basically at startups, so probably been at seven startups or something like that. And when you're at that many startups, you're taking a big chance, it's really risky. You're going to get laid off. The company's not, you know, the company's going to close down. So, I've been out of work a lot, and it's not a great feeling, especially when you're out of work during a recession because, like, nobody is interested in hiring you um and there was one time where I loved this job it was my first job in video games and I was totally blindsided and I was laid off and it was the beginning of the recession but you know recessions are funny you don't know it's a recession until later it's like usually a year later yeah. you're like oh <laughs> it's a recession now right um and so you, you know there's no like clear like oh we're in a recession you're just kind of like oh, I got laid off and that really stinks and then um my fiance and I broke up and then like I had moved in and now I didn't have a place to live and my future and my mind of like this, you know, endless happiness, blah, blah, blah. It was all just like blown to smithereens. So I'm looking for a job in the middle of a recession, which I'm not aware of. And I'm having to like show up and be energetic and be happy when I'm literally dying inside. Oh my (laughs) goodness. All the the badness, like, you know, I moved into a random new apartment, like I'm crying every day. Um, And... You just have to like focus on on the prize, like whatever it is that's going on in your personal life. Pick yourself up, know like what your your goals are. Know you'll get past it, and learn frankly how to com- compartmentalize and and find healthy ways to um, you know have an outlet. So what for me, it's always been like working out, being active, having these healthy outlets so that you can focus on what you need to focus on and take care of business is super important. Um, you know, I also found myself. Uh, at the, at, I had the unfortunate experience of being uh, laid off of my job when I was four months pregnant. Cause you know, I told um, my CEO that I was pregnant. And after that, he like stopped showing up for our one-on-ones and then laid me off. <laughs> Such a insane. bummer, the, so it's insane. totally, you know it, it things like these things happen. You just would never think they would happen to you. They happen um, and you don't have complete control over your circumstances. So I had a choice to make. I was like, I can be really miserable and really resentful and like sue this company <laughs> because it's so ridiculous. And it, it was just like blatant, like, you know, you would just have the emails that showed, well, you used to show up to all of our one-on-ones, and then I didn't hear from you for a month after I told you I was pregnant, like what happened? So um, rather than do that, I was just kind of like, well, I don't really want to focus on negativity. So I'm going to focus on what I can, which is I need to find a new job, and I need to do it before I'm really showing that I'm pregnant. <laughs> so, cause that's, I mean, it's fine to be pregnant, but you probably don't want to lead with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and as it turns out, you know, I was reading Cheryl Sandberg's Lean In book. And one of the main takeaways from that book was don't leave before you leave. So a lot of women are, um, will, like if they're getting married, maybe took their foot off the pedal because they want to plan the wedding. Or if you're pregnant or you think you want to even start a family, like if it's even an idea in your head, you start taking your foot off the pedal. She's like, don't do that. Just keep your foot on the pedal until you need to ease it. And so I was like, well, there's no more leaning in than being like five months pregnant and waddling around town and looking oh, for a goodness. job. Oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> Um, So I reached out to my network and, um, you know, I wore like dark clothing. So like, you know, I wasn't really showing and I interviewed and I landed the job at Facebook. I think I got an offer in like month six of pregnancy. I started month seven and then I worked for a month and gave birth. And, um, you know, I told them ahead of time, obviously, like, as you know, you probably could tell I'm pregnant and they were super supportive. That made me a much more loyal employee, as you can imagine. And then I actually had the opportunity to like, tell Cheryl how her book impacted me and landed me at Facebook, you know, it's just like full story. Um, it was like the five year anniversary of the book. And so I just wrote her a note and told her. And so she was like, I'm really glad you're here with us, you know? So those are the things that we can do. I mean, your life can, life is going to throw you a bunch of things, but you're just going to have to learn how to duck and cover and take care of business and prioritize the things that you need to, and just focus. So, and it'll come, you know, it'll all come together. Whatever's happening, it'll be much worse if you're not able to, you know, financially make sure you're secure,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or you know that type of thing. And you're going to need something that's happy to to um, celebrate and being able to to find the job that you like that you love. That's a happy reason to celebrate.
1: And that's one of those things where I think so often, especially with you know the way things are portrayed online everyone is trying to find their quote unquote dream job, right? And they put a lot of pressure on themselves to find that one perfect company where they will belong forever. And I always try and dissuade people from thinking in that way, because even if you find the dream company in the dream role, your boss might quit or your teammates might change or like, even if you're in that role for 10 years, it won't be the same role for all 10 years. And so I'm curious because you've had such a diverse background of roles and companies and opportunities come your way, some good, some bad. How do you find that sort of sense of belonging within each of these different environments? Um, because part of belonging is just kind of showing up and hey, it all worked out, right? Like, it, there's the happenstance belonging. Um, but then there's times where we have to put in a little effort to feel like we belong in different places. So I'm kind of curious, you know, what has been what has that looked like in the different spaces that you've shown up in?
0: I think it's just having like a natural curiosity for other people and like what makes them tick. And then once you have a sense of that, like maybe some you share some things in common that make you tick as well. Um, I remember in my first job in management consulting, I showed up in the San Francisco office. I transferred to San Francisco eventually, so I could be closer to tech. And the head partner there was like super into Napa, and I didn't drink. I still don't. Uh, um, so I wasn't interested in wine, but I just Napa Valley is like the prettiest place ever. So he came in. And I said, uh, how was your weekend? He told me about this wonderful B and B he went to. And I said, Can you give me the name of the BNB? I'd love to go. And he did. And I went and we started bonding over this fact that we just love to have beautiful, fun adventures, whether it was Napa or abroad or whatever. So now, you know, fast forward however many years it's been, 20 plus years and we're still friends. I was just on the phone with him last night, <laughs> right? He still he has That's he bought awesome. he ended up buying a house in Napa. I've stayed at his house a bunch. And so it's it's really just asking people simple things like how was your weekend? What and how do you connect and uh what do you have in common where something beautiful can kind of come out of that. Um and it's not being afraid to it's it's, it's definitely not like just kind of being quiet and waiting for people to talk to you. It's just try to be, and I know not everybody's outgoing. I'm lucky because I just like outgoing. And so I'm just out there. Um, But try to be curious about people and get to know them, because that's how we connect. And that's how everyone feels a sense of belonging is once we get to know one another, and we have those points of um, similarities or connections, or just like, you can um, really admire that somebody knows how to Kite surf and can do a bunch of tricks, or you know, runs crazy marathons without being somebody that does them yourself, right? Uh, so yeah. there's opportunities to connect with people on things that you think are really cool that you might not do. Um, so I think I think just being aware of like what makes people tick, so that there is a, some people it's their alumni network, sometimes it's their kids. You you don't know, right? But it, it's just finding those points of commonality and and understanding what, where people's joy comes from and giving like giving people a sense of who you are like revealing of yourself what like, what things you care about and that's that's how it starts you know
1: yeah, it's, it's so funny because I think a lot of times people are primed to only be quote-unquote professional in their conversations. They're like, if I'm not talking specifically about work, I'm not doing it right. And uh, I always try and be like, hey, if you're networking with someone or if you're in an interview and you spend 15 minutes talking about some random stuff that you're both interested in, you're still winning. Um, I had this one, one of my first interviews when I was in college uh, for my first job I had a broken thumb from uh, skiing because I don't know how to ski well. And I tried to do a (laughs) jump and it didn't go well. And uh, the person I was interviewing with was like, what happened to your hand? Because I was so nervous. I tried to shake his hand with a broken hand. And he go, I go, oh, I was skiing. And he just talked about skiing for like 15, 20 minutes. And I was like, this is wonderful. You're, <laughs> you just take it, take it away. I know very little about skiing clearly because I hurt my hand. But um, yeah, those those kinds of things I think are really fun. Like letting people geek out, letting people be themselves. Like if you want to belong, you have to make other people feel like they belong. As well, and I think that that's sort of what you're you're talking about here. It's like that bringing that curiosity to the table, and allowing people to be themselves will give them the space to allow you to be yourself as well. Um, And when it comes to curiosity and confidence, because I think one of the reasons why our curiosity shuts down is because we're nervous or we're anxious or we're overwhelmed, and we just feel like we don't want to mess up. Right. Um, But you're someone who's able to go that extra step, you know, sending an email to Sheryl Sandberg is something that would typically put someone through a wall with anxiety. Right. So what is like, what are your experiences with, you know, going that extra step and, you know, having these conversations, having these connections with, Larger than life public figures, because I think some people are too scared to reach out to the junior dev at a company, let alone let alone someone uh, you know with with high status or prestige in that way. What, what's been your experience with that?
0: It's funny. I just think of people as people, and so I try not to treat them any differently especially when people have made a difference in your life, like why wouldn't you want to tell them about it, right? And they've impacted you in some way. Nobody's ever going to be like, don't waste my time. They're going to stop and say, tell me more. How <laughs> you dare you say mean? thank
1: you to me? How dare you?
0: <laughs> right. So I, I think it's just um, being sincere and knowing the person enough so that you you have a sense of like what they might value, uh, what might be interesting to them. And um, it's, it's really important. I think you know you touched on the interview process where you were talking with somebody for quite a while about something that had nothing to do with the actual interview. A big part of the interview is whether somebody wants to work with you and would like working with you and whether their team would like working with you. So if you're just gonna be kind of buttoned up talking about what you can do, then you're just gonna be like every other candidate who's sitting there buttoned up talking about what they can do. But if you can connect with them on a human-to-human scale, um, then they're like, okay, this person is capable and they're fun and I think they would be a really good fit on the team because they're you know, they they're engaging and interesting um, or they, our team's boring and we'd love to have somebody more fun and engage, like whatever the thing is. Um, the interview is about not just what can you do, but like, would we want to work with you and what would it be like to work with you? So it is important to connect on, on things that are necessarily about what your accomplishments have been and there's an opportunity to reveal yourself, and you know, prompt interesting questions from them. Then, then yes, you should go ahead and reveal yourself. And I mean, obviously, be humble about it. it doesn't you? Don't have to start with that. But you, where you can, maybe introduce it into the the discussion, and maybe have a joke ready. You know, maybe have some like maybe you can be self deprecating, and uh, and that's something that people really appreciate usually.
1: Yeah, that's so true. It's we don't have to be perfect. We just have to be um, what I like to say, uh, professionally authentic. It's like everyone's pushing authenticity. But,
0: Mm -hmm. you know,
1: sometimes people can be too authentic. Like, Talking very negatively about a previous job or a previous boss or something—it's like no, 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 don't bring that into it. Even though that is technically authentic, uh, bring that professional right. authenticity uh, into the room. And I'm curious now that you've you know been moving through your career. I loved how you shared some of those early experiences of how you reached out to people, how you got feedback from people, and how your mentor, you know, un- unofficial mentors helped you. Now that you're moving through your career and you've been on the other side, what does it look like when people have reached out to you? What are some of the things that you've seen um, from people that maybe be reported to you or have worked uh, alongside you or have reached out to you for help? What sort of things do you see that, you know, you really applaud or things that maybe people were, were not stepping quite, <laughs> they maybe stepped a little outside the bounds. What have you seen out there? Yeah,
0: you know, I really like it when, um, someone has a very specific question and ask me that question as opposed to just being very broad, like, hey, I would just like to spend like I would just love to chat with you. You know like, hey, I'm thinking about this career change and I just want to chat with you. Um you have to be more specific, like what what is it you're trying to do so that somebody could help you. Um, and then also just be really clear what your goals are. You know, I'm mentoring a couple of people at Microsoft right now. And one of the gals was just really clear in terms of what it was she wanted to achieve next and really sincere um, in working with me to kind of identify the ways she could show her manager that she took his feedback and she was um, making progress on the items. And she was like, yeah, I feel like I've done these things but I don't know if he knows. <laughs> I was like, well, one way to do it is to say, hey, last time we spoke, you told me that you wanted me to work on this. And I, as a result, I'm doing X, Y, and Z. So it's not just enough sometimes to like do the thing. It's important to communicate that you heard somebody and you're doing the thing and then they're like, ah, I see. Cause people don't necessarily put two and two together. Um, so it's the same, like being able to tell somebody these, these are the things I care about. And I was based on what you've been able to do. I feel like, is there, is there something that um, advice that you would have for me in this area so I could achieve this? Um, so that you know, being just really clear and also not being afraid to ask uh, because of, I, I have a motto, this is a great way and I forget this every once in a while to live life is if you don't ask, you don't get. There's all kinds of rules out there. And people put those rules in place because they don't want people to um, to go you know to, to take advantage. But I don't think it takes a, it's not taking advantage to, to ask and say, hey, I have I really would love this, is it possible? Um, and then we're like, yeah, For you sure for everybody no right so (laughs) so think about so think about asking for and and obviously in a very like sincere uh way but make sure you're you're asking for what you want and being really sincere about it and if you don't ask you don't get and frankly um if you definitely if you don't ask you're in the same position but if you ask you they might say yes and they might say no which case you haven't lost anything um and maybe they'll think about you later when they're like oh yeah this person asked me about this Uh, So I think they could be interested in this role or whatnot. I just say part of building your community is not just asking, but also letting people know what you want. Right. So if you're looking for a new job or uh, you want to transition to a new area, reach out to people that work in that area or reach out to people in your already existing network and say, I'm really interested in this. Do you you know anybody that has experience in this area? Do you know anybody that works at this company? Um, Put what you want out there in the world. Because otherwise, if it's in your head, like it's going to be hard to, you can do it, you can do it on your own, but it's much easier to do with the help of others.
1: I really like what you're saying here, because there is that idea that like, when, you know, if we don't ask, we don't get and if we don't try, of course, we don't move forward, right. And so, you know, so often, there's this mindset that folks have, which is, Everyone's already against me, so I'm just not gonna try. Oh, right. Like, right. like yeah, the, yeah. the world is against me, everyone's against me. I don't wanna bother people. And you know, I'm sure we could get into the psychology of it and where this all comes from, but but just dealing with it in, in today, right? Um, something like sending out an email to someone. If you don't ask, you don't get. If you don't ask to meet for coffee, you're never going to meet anyone for coffee. If you don't ask for a job, you're never going to get the job. If you don't ask for the promotion or the or the uh, if you don't negotiate the offer, you're never going to get that extra buck. And I think like we're there. There's got to be something that's training us in society or or culture to not ask those questions because it seems like everyone's afraid to do it. Um, but what I think is so interesting is. When, when we do ask, what you pointed out, that sincerity piece, right? Because I think sometimes people ask incorrectly, right? They hear- if you <laughs> All the don't, time. Exactly. If, if you don't ask, you don't get. So they go, I want this much money or I want this thing. And they like come in too aggressive or they come in too timid or they come in whatever way. And what I think is so fun, especially around like negotiations is I help people do it in a way that they're comfortable with, but is also effective, where they kind of bury the lead in an email of like asking a bunch of questions about the offer and then, you know, finding a way to get an extra five or 10K. But the the fear around even putting those questions out there, I think is so interesting. So I want to dig into the idea of sincerity a bit, Um, because I think people think it's insincere to want something from someone else at all right? If there's, mm-hmm. if I have any agenda at all, then I'm not being sincere because for some reason they maybe equate sincerity with selflessness. I'm curious uh, what your thoughts are around sincerity and how you might define it or how you might um, describe it to someone who's trying to build that muscle.
0: You know, I think sincerity also starts with thoughtfulness. Like how can you be, how can you show people that you are thoughtful? You can, can be show. you can show that by being um, prepared, so you've done your research to understand about the person or about the company and what makes it unique. Because why should I invite you if you're just like reaching out to everybody? Like tell me, you know something, show me you know something about me, show me you know something about my company and show me that you know what you can contribute. Like don't just come right with an open hand. So there, the, the, so it, it's it's being thoughtful about the process. Um, if you're asking for somebody's time, people don't frankly have time to get coffee these days or lunch with people. I, they might have time to talk to you on their commute home or their commute to work. So how about you put that in? Like, I'm sure you're incredibly busy. Could we, you know, maybe we could spend 10 minutes on your, during your commute when you're in the car. That just right away tells people, oh, this person isn't just trying to waste my time. They're being really thoughtful about the ask. Um, And nobody wants you ever to pick their brain. That's like the worst, I get that all the time. Can I pick your (laughs) brain over lunch? Like, first of all, I, Can afford my own lunch, (laughs) so I like want to make sure like if people don't know you, they don't know what your company's like. I don't know I want to spend lunch with you, right? That's a long time, nor coffee. Um, Well, how can you make it convenient for that person to help you, right? And tell them exactly what you're asking for. So beating around the bush, because I always I usually respond and say, can you tell me you know what it is I can help you with, and then I get a more like specific answer back. But it would be nice if I if I just got that to start with. <laughs> so just be really thoughtful about your ask and really thoughtful about the preparation that you put into it. You know, I'm reaching out to you because of X, not like, hi, you know, I saw your profile and I just am gonna ask you for stuff, right? Um, you you have to earn your uh, your place. To to you, this is almost we we had to say uh, when I was in. Um, Doing, doing, kind of like when I was at my startup, and there was like some sales and business development. You have to earn the right to pitch, and so you earn the right to pitch by doing your research, being sincere, um putting putting out an ask where somebody would feel like, oh yeah, this time an investment in this person is worthwhile. So if you want an introduction to so and so, they they would need to know like why should they introduce you to so and so? Is there something that so and so would like to learn about you? Is there something that connects you to the person you're trying to connect with? Make it relatable, make it um, relevant, um, and make sure that you're you're putting your best self out there and, and put yourself in their shoes to think about like how, how when people ask me for help, like what is it that makes me want to help them, right? We can just turn those questions back on ourselves.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And do you think it turns people off? if Because I think a lot of people listening to this who are in the job search, they might go, okay, so in my first message, I need to I need to tell them that I want a job, I, I'm asking for a job. So um, I need to include the link to the job. And I need to include my resume. And I need to tell them that I want to work there. And I need to ask them to pass my resume to the right person. So like, when I, I, I'm i just already hearing the wheels go down the wrong, <laughs> down the mm-hmm. wrong road. I'm sure, curious, sure. like, when you say, um, make it compelling, what are your thoughts? Like, how, what would that look like? Because if someone is just saying, like, I always make the comparison, like you wouldn't want your first message on Bumble or Tinder to be, I wanna get married, right? So you wouldn't, <laughs> you don't want your first message to a stranger to be, can you give me a job? And But there's right. a lot of nuance in there. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on it.
0: I mean, generally you wanna keep it pretty short uh, if, if you can't, it just, it really depends on the context. If, yeah, I've sent an email to like a VP of business development And it's been long, it's been like, hey, I saw that you raised money recently. I saw that you um, had a press release that said that you're starting to partner with these types of companies. My background is this, and this is where I, this is how I've helped other people, and this is where I think I can help you, bam. So it was like long, right? It took me hours to put it together so that it was powerful. Um, If you're not reaching out to the hiring manager, which I was doing, and I totally like, again, How did I know this person's email? Resourcefulness. I just guessed on like five, six different types of emails that could be first name, last name, at first name, at last name, at, you know, like that did all the things. And so I I got my, I sent an email at like 3 a.m. because I literally worked on it like until then. (laughs) And I got a response back at 8 a.m. saying, wow, this is really interesting. Yeah, let's have a conversation. How about we have a call? And then I you know went one step further and I was like, well, I'll be in the neighborhood of where the office is can I just pop in and say, you know, say hi and meet you in person for 30 minutes, just like I would over the phone. And he relented. And obviously being in person is much more powerful than being on the phone. So, um, so I would say your question is very, it's, if it's somebody, you know, you don't have to uh, pitch them all the way necessarily to say, Hey, um, I'm really interested in this role. I'm wondering if you know somebody there, or I'm wondering if you'd be open to referring me and here's some relevant experience that I have that I think would um, be helpful. You know, Just something short, but you do wanna tie in some relevance and provide some context. And then it's always nice to ask. So it's just like, is it okay? Would it be okay for me to share my resume with you? Or I'm gonna leave my LinkedIn here. If you'd like my resume, please let me know. You know a lot of salespeople use the approach where they, they'll they say, can I call you in two weeks or can I, you know, can I check back in with you? And so make, you know, you can use some of those tactics tactics where you ask for permission for folks to opt in. Can I reach back out to you in, in two weeks if um, if I haven't heard back?
1: Yeah, that's huge. And it really is like you know especially with the resume no one wants to read your resume until they've asked you for it so it's it's not always true. good it's always right. good to yeah, yeah. to not lead Cannot. with that right yeah, yeah. um lead with the but message but linkedin is
0: easy
1: yeah linkedin is easy right
0: you like and, here yeah
1: and put that in your signature so if they're interested exactly. in learning more you don't even have to okay. say here's my linkedin um yeah. so moving out of the tactics back into um some of the larger topics here i'm curious in your career now, where you're at today, um, how do you sort of see the sense of belonging evolving for you over time? What has changed in your mindset of like how you belong, um, both at work and outside of work? Because I think sometimes we put too much pressure to have every our work fulfill every part of our life, right? And so I'm curious, you know, how have you sort of found belonging both in work, outside of work, and been able to? Um, explore different areas because I know you've got so many exciting things going on right now.
0: Uh, so I think like belonging depends on kind of where you are and what you want to do. I think at work now I am trying to bring more people in uh, as, as a leader, right I put uh, workshops together so that people who are younger earlier in their career can thrive and, and have really thoughtful advice on how to do that at, at Microsoft um outside of work i've always actually been really interested in like politics and policy uh, since i was i guess in high school <laughs> and um, i recently a couple of years ago had the opportunity to apply for a program a leadership program that president bush and president clinton uh, were spearheading along with um, h president bush's father and George Bush, as well as Lyndon B. Johnson's library. And I joined this group of 60 individuals who were selected for the program in a six month leadership uh, program. And I got to meet the presidents, um, the first ladies, their cabinet members. We got to sit down and have dinner with them. I mean, it wasn't just like you meet and greet, like you just shake your hands, but they actually get to, some of us get a chance to know them. So I got to know President Bush because I was seated with him at dinner and I think I was one seat away from him. Then he asked me, what's your story? And I told him like, you know, my first memory of coming to the US, my first memory in life is of being handed over to a pirate and living in a refugee camp for a year before coming to the US. And I'm so grateful to be here and uh, to meet you. And he was just like, what <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's <a> crazy
0: story. <laughs> are you talking about? And then he asked me more questions and we got to know each other. Um, and uh, then he invited me back to the Bush Center to be a to speak to um, the participants in his next leadership program. So that was really nice. And I brought a book with me about like the refugee experience that um, of of an author that I really appreciated called The Best We Could Do. And it just kind of highlighted the the Vietnamese kind of refugee experience. And I, I put a picture of my family inside so he can kind of see like what our experience looked like when we came over. He wasn't there. I gave it to his staff and I got a letter, you know, a few months later and it's like, Tina, thank you for this book. I really appreciate it. Laura and I can't wait to read it. And I heard you did a really good job that day on, you know, on the leadership panel and, (laughs) you you know, just like the nicest you could even imagine. Right. And it, so it comes from gestures from, you know, you putting a gesture out, somebody kind of accepting your gesture. And then he has decided that he wanted to, um, he's a painter now. So he painted his first book on world leaders, second book on our wounded warriors. Um, and, uh, the third book is on immigrants and refugees who have contributed to America. And he chose me to be in the book. So the president painted a portrait of me. It's
1: incredible. And
0: the book launch was yesterday. And I went to Dallas, uh, this weekend to be a part of the book launch and to be on stage with him. And to tell my story and share kind of how beautiful it is to be able to come here to have people help pull me up alongside them to feel a sense of belonging. I feel like a lot of times immigrants don't feel like they belong here. Like they're not, they don't have a sense of um, the, the feeling like an American necessarily. And I, luckily I, I came here when I was quite young and I felt like an American. I wanted to be an American. I was all in, like I really wanted to assimilate and be American. Um, and. Whenever somebody kind of told me, you know, whenever I got the sense that somebody felt like I didn't belong, I just ignored them or I told them to, you know, go away. Um, And I would just make sure that I felt like I had a place at the table like everyone else. Um, And I think it's really important. Self-confidence is everything, right? Obviously you have to have talent, you have to be thoughtful, but if you lack self-confidence and all those other things are really hard to get, right? Like self-confidence is kind of like step one. And to build that self-confidence, it's important to feel like you belong to a community or group and that, you know, you're willing to help one another out. So, um, so yeah, it's been really cool to be a part of the book and, and share kind of my story in terms of how others have been able to help me, how immigrants contribute to the greatness of America, how we should all help one another. And, you know, at Facebook, we actually um, have had a ton of like, small groups that use the Facebook groups to to connect, right? At Microsoft, we have this really cool first generation low-income sort of ERG, employee resource group, where we get together to help immigrants who have never who don't have parents that have been in the professional world, like help them thrive at Microsoft because they don't, they don't know like the things that they don't know, right? So like for example i think one of the gals that i work with her first instinct was like to book the cheapest hotel possible when she was traveling cuz she didn't want to put microsoft out so she end up in some like flea bag motel and her oh you know, colleagues were like this is not necessary you know like we have a list of hotels and you don't have to get the cheapest one um so it's just kind of like and then knowing how to be in the how to uh, you know, be in the workplace how to work with your colleagues how to ask for what you need how to you know, manage up any of the things, like imagine you just, you don't have any advice from your parents, you don't have a network, you don't know professionals necessarily, this might be your first job. Um, But because you you don't have the guidance from folks around you, it's really that important to build community. So build community for yourself and build community for the others around you and help one another. So that, I think that's where, you know, belonging, self-confidence, sharing your story, it it all kind of comes together. when you can harness not just what's in your heart and what you're capable of, but harness the, the sense of community and the sense of tribe to to help everyone. Not It's not, again, like as people help you, you wanna be able to help others and that it's kind of goes full circle.
1: I love that. Yeah, it's that building that sense of self within yourself, then finding those places where you can be yourself in a larger community and then taking it to the next level like you did and helping other people find themselves and starting the cycle all the way over again. So I really love that. Um, And as we get to the end of the podcast here, I'm curious if there was some advice that you would want to share with someone who's maybe having a tough time finding belonging in their career and, and finding a place that feels right in their work, what would you say to them?
0: I would have, I would ask them to think about like what's important to them. Like what are understanding your core values and and what you care about will really help you convey and find your community, right? So, um, and building up little things that will give you more confidence and a better sense of belonging, that is all tied together. So reaching out to one person, you know, take find the baby steps that you can, you know, friendly person, ask their advice, talk to another person, follow up on, on what you're learning, send thank you notes, make, the, do the hard work to make the connections and to show your appreciation for folks. Um, And being in a place of gratitude where you're not focused on like, oh, here's what I don't have. And here's what, here are the things I lack, but rather focusing on what you do have, that will be the best place that you can start from. And it'll kind of change the energy, right? Because when you talk to people and you're coming from a place of gratitude versus from a place of um, fear or lacking, it really comes across. And so I I would say just really um, think about what you can do to harness what makes you feel good and get to that place where you can convey that and you can make baby steps to reaching your goals.
1: Tina, thank you so much. Um, If folks want to follow along with what you're doing in the world, where can they find you?
0: um on Instagram I'm mean pea so you know there's that saying that sweet pea I was like that's just not so saccharin <laughs> so I'm mean pea <laughs> on Instagram and on LinkedIn you just find me as T if you just did Tina Tran and Microsoft you'll find me quite easily um, those are the, the two places yeah
1: wonderful thank you so much for joining us today
0: wonderful thanks martin
1: Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode today. I really appreciate your support of what we're building here at Career Therapy as we continue to try and explore the hidden side of modern work and tell some of the stories that maybe don't get enough light shed on them. If you enjoyed what you listened to today, I hope you will leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, Subscribe to this wherever you're listening or watching on YouTube, Spotify, etc., And uh, share this with some friends who you know are going through similar experiences and looking to build their career and, and gain some insights along the way. Again, thank you so much for stopping by, and I wish you the best. I'll see you on the next episode.